are off and running. KCOU 88.1, start your Sunday. I'm Harrison Vapnik. Two weeks off absence, we are back alongside Garrett Pave via the phones from his home in Nashville. Garrett, how are you doing today? Doing good, Harrison. I appreciate you bringing me on. Like you said, I'm uh, enjoying some time back at home, you know, doing, having a little bit of fun here, but it's always good to be back on. I appreciate you bringing me on virtually through the phone. Of course, always got to do whatever it takes to have a good show. And we have a really good one today. Two weeks off, you know, middle of March, post-free agency. We had our, had our free agency recap, talked about all the yep. big signings for a couple weeks. We thought it would be over. We thought the the storm had passed and it was, you know, it was going to be smooth sailing until the draft. Have a couple of shows here and there talking about it a little bit. Then the QB carousel decided to start spinning again. And yep. then the, the domino we were waiting, we were talking about for weeks and weeks and weeks about this domino effect and if it was ever going to come. And two, I think, believe it was two Fridays ago, about 16 days ago, the shocking move of the offseason so far, the San Francisco 49ers trading up from number 12 overall to number three overall, giving up their first rounder this year and two future first rounders to move up with the Miami Dolphins to be picking number three overall. Also, Miami went back to from 12 to six with Philadelphia. We'll talk about that in a minute. But San Francisco making the huge splash from going from 12 to three. And the rumors are it's going to be Justin Fields or quite possibly Mac Jones. Garrett, give me your initial thoughts of when you heard about the trade. Yeah, well, I was talking to somebody recently about it. And, you know, I think with them moving up to three, you have to assume that, of course, they're going to pick a quarterback. But you also have to assume that Jimmy Garoppolo is on his way out. Some way or the other, he's on his way out of San Francisco. And there's a lot of rumors that Mac Jones is the guy right now. That's who they want. He fits the system. But I thought it was really interesting because, you know, like the Jets, they moved Sam Darnold. We kind of knew what they were going to do. A lot of these teams, we've known what they're going to do with their quarterback situation. And this, the 49ers, this one kind of came out of left field. I mean, we had a feeling that Garoppolo wasn't necessarily the long-term answer. But the way that they just, I mean, splashed in, traded up to three so quickly – was really surprising. I liked the move, but it was really surprising to me, especially. Yeah. So we'll talk about what it means for Garoppolo. Let's, let's talk about the quarterback they're going to take. So when it first happened, I remember talking to some people. I'm like, okay, great. Now they're going to get Justin Fields. Now they're going to get possibly Trey Lance, who I know, you know, I've, I've been high on since yep. last year. And now the rumor is it's going to be Mac Jones. That he is the favorite, the betting favorite right now. If you were to take it on a gambling website, I think he's minus 200 right now, which is risk. Oh, I'm not good at this. You would win. You would win, You have to risk more money than you'd have to win. That's yep, that's the that. deal right now with Mac Jones. If you were to bet him to go to the San Francisco 49ers, I talked to a 49ers beat reporter right after the trade happened. Dieter Kurtenbach, Missouri alum, he said that mm. Fields would be the guy. He thought that Mac Jones was a smokescreen, and now it's all coming out that it's going to be Jones. Do you think taking Jones at three would be the wrong decision, Garrett? I mean, look, I, I think, of course, these NFL organizations know more than I know, and these scouts, they're, they're you know, hired to do their job, and their job is to watch these college kids break down their film and understand what they're doing right. Um, I mean, Mac Jones right now, and this is overall, is the fifth-ranked quarterback, I believe, behind Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, and Trevor Lawrence. So he's fifth behind those four guys. So personally, I think, I think three's a reach for him. Um, I think you could get him – I, I think San Francisco could have easily stayed at 12 overall and gotten Mac Jones at 12. But if they want to go for him at three, I mean, look, they think he's the future quarterback. And if 
you're set on him being your future, then I understand why they pick him at three. I'm again, I've never been high on Mac Jones. I mean, you know that I've never been high on this guy. But that being said, they know more than I do. And if that's their guy and they're stolen him, then there's no reason not to take him there at three. Do you think it could possibly be a thing where like they feel like Mac Jones gives them the best chance to win next year? Because people like Fields and Lance are. I don't want to say more projects, but they definitely of the five or six top quarterbacks have probably the most work to do, even though I believe those will be probably the two of the most successful quarterbacks. Definitely Lance is not so sure about fields. Mac Jones yep. really has, I'm not sure how much better Mac Jones is going to get is the thing. He's experienced. He's been in college, what, three years already learning yep. under that great Alabama offense under Nick Saban. He sat behind two yep. attack of Iowa for a year and a half before taking over the starter. Had one of the great seasons in all of college football last season. He's kind of has the tools already ready, already built for him to kind of go out there and start winning games immediately. Do you think that could possibly factor into them taking him at number three? Yeah, 100%. And, and, and to his credit, of course, I've never been high on him. I'm talking about kind of the mobility and all this. But aside from mobility and a couple other intangibles, I do think his decision-making and his IQ is, at this point in time, greater than that of Justin Fields. So I, I think I like your point, and I, I have to agree that, yes, a lot of it is his ability to potentially win this next season and quicker than Fields could um, because Matt Jones is a smart guy. He knows – and he can break down defense as well. His decision-making is pretty good compared to a couple of the other guys. So, yeah, I do think a lot of it is which guy gives him the best chance to win right away. And I think they know at this point, you know, Lawrence is off the board. Zach Wilson's off the board. So, at this point, Mac Jones is your best option. It's it's interesting with Mac because neither of us have been high on him. Even during the season no. we were talking. Because before we did, we did the pregame show for the Missouri-Alabama game. And we were talking about yep. Bryce Young. Like, oh, I wonder what week he's going to take over and be the starting quarterback. And then all of a sudden, Mac Jones finishes third in the Heisman voting and carries them to yep. – not carries, but a key factor in their undefeated season and national championship. To the other side of this, Jimmy Garoppolo, the mm-hmm. Niners' current starting quarterback when he's not injured. The Niners saying John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan saying that he will be their starter come next season. He is their guy. Is it, You think this is the truth by any standards? I mean, I just don't know why. Okay, first of all, no. I don't think it's the truth. But I just don't know why you would say that after trading up to three. It just doesn't make sense. You know, I was talking with a friend yesterday about the NFL draft and news quarterbacks. And my whole thing is, if you draft Mac Jones, you're assuming he's going to be your starter. Well, I don't know why you'd hold two starting quarterbacks on your roster for unnecessary amount of time. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo has been a banged up, hurt mess since arriving in San Francisco. And then now you trade up and then say he's your starter. None of it makes sense right now. I, I think it's a ploy. In my opinion, it almost seems like it's kind of from the outside. They're just saying that to, you know, to throw people off because I, I don't see a way – they keep Garoppolo and then draft a quarterback in the top five. I, I don't see it happening. The They're saying that Garoppolo's their guy, even if they do, well, they're going to draft the quarterback number three overall. But their point is that he will, Garopp, they will sit behind Garoppolo for a year or so and then learn the offense and then they can Which I guess, move. Yeah, go I, on. I, I, I guess to that point, it makes sense to kind of groom them for a year. Um, I think it's an interesting guy to be groomed under. I mean, you look at some of the you know quarterbacks who have been groomed, like guys that are Aaron Rodgers and you know, Tom Brady. I mean, Garoppolo was groomed under Tom Brady. Um, so I think it's interesting, but I, I don't know. I mean, it's uh, ultimately it's a waiting game with this kind of you know with this situation. If I'm Jimmy Garoppolo, though, 
I don't want to be the groomer. I don't want to no, be that no guy. Way. I was I was that guy. Tom Brady was supposed to be that guy for me. You know what? Jimmy Garoppolo never yeah. had a chance in New England other than when Brady was suspended. And Garoppolo came in and went 2-0 as a starter and was outstanding in both games. Jimmy Garoppolo, yeah. I think Jimmy's 29-30. I'm going to double-check that, but he's not. I, I, yeah, he's, he's 29. He's 29. Okay. Yep. He's 29 years old right now. If I'm him right now, I'm not sitting here like, I don't. I have a lot of years left. This is one of my prime years left. Why do I have to be the guy to be the lead, the bridge quarterback to your future? I want to win a championship. I came a minute, two minutes away from winning a championship just two seasons ago when yep. they kind of took the ball out of his hand. It was really questionable play calling in the fourth quarter of Super Bowl 54 that the Chiefs ended up winning that game. But if I'm Jimmy Garoppolo, I have these prime years left. Why should I spend it? Really, when I'm not the emphasis of this organization, because he was that guy, he was that guy behind Tom Brady. He knew his time would come. It eventually came via trade after he had performed well for two games. And I, I am confused by this. I, if I'm Jimmy Garoppolo, and when they take Fields or Jones or Lance or whoever at the number three pick, I would demand a trade if I were him. I would say I want to be a starter. I want to be a starting quarterback next season. And the teams that I think would fit is New England for. Obvious reason, Chicago, that's where he's from. He went to Eastern Illinois. The Bears desperately need a quarterback. And there's yep. some, probably some sleeper teams out there also. But do you agree the fact that if you're Jimmy Garoppolo, you are outraged. You were in a Super Bowl two years ago. You've won multiple playoff games in your career, beating Kirk Cousins, beating Aaron Rodgers. How would you feel if you were Jimmy Garoppolo? Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, you and I both know, Harrison, that they brought Jimmy Garoppolo into San Francisco to be their full-time starter, to win football games. And... His really first full season in 2019, he dominated. He had almost 4,000 yards, 27 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, and almost a Super Bowl victory. Um, so I agree with you 100. percent I think if if they go quarterback and I'm in his I'm in his kind of position, I'm with you. I'd want to I want to get out. I, I think there are a lot of good suitable options. You you mentioned New England. New England makes total sense. Is it going to happen? I don't know, but it makes total sense. Chicago also makes sense. So I agree with you 100. percent It's a really good point. I think if they do and they will go with a quarterback in the top five, I think he needs to consider moving on, going to win somewhere else because he can win. We, we've seen that with him. Of course, he had a lot of injuries this past season, but it doesn't take it away from the fact that he was dominant back in 2019. This is a quarterback who's won 66% of his starts. He wins games when he's playing, when he's healthy. That's, that's the issue, though. That's probably why the 49ers are training up to get his replacement. I'm going to ask you a question. I asked Dieter Curtin yep. back. If Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers held on to win that Super Bowl, if they ran the ball out with Mahimo, if Garoppolo hit a couple more of those throws, they win that game against Kansas City on February 2nd, 2020. Do the 49ers still make the same trade and go up to get probably Mac Jones or Justin Fields, or do they wait a couple years to make this move? Yeah, I think they wait a couple years. It is amazing the power of winning a Super Bowl, what it can do, not only for an organization, but also a player. If they win the Super Bowl, Right in 2020, February 2nd, 2020, they win that Super Bowl. Okay, this year he has an off year, he's hurt. They're just gonna say, Hey, he wasn't healthy, let's wait till next year and give him another chance. I think I fully 100% believe if they had won that Super Bowl, you and I are sitting here talking about a very different situation with Jimmy Garoppolo. He is safe for another two years, but that's not how the chips fell. And so now we're in a totally different atmosphere. And Harrison, you know this too in the NFL right now. 
in this pro sports industry, it is very much a win now or move on situation. It's that with, with coaches, with players, if you're not producing each year at a consistent level, they'll move on from you within a year. It's crazy how fast it moves. And it's just, that's what I think Garoppolo is dealing with right now. It's crazy how close some of those plays were in that Super Bowl. Like, the chain of events of how different the league would look because the obvious plays are the overthrow to, I think it was Emmanuel Sanders down the stretch. There was a ball deflected yeah. by Chris Jones that George Kittle was wide open downfield, would have had 20, 30 yards, and they were already up. I think they were up 20 to 17 at the time. That would have extended their drive instead of punting the ball back to Mahomes. It's just crazy yeah. the domino effect that would happen if Garoppolo was still their starting quarterback. Let's go to another side of this trade, Miami. Going from yes. actually, let's, let's do Philadelphia first quickly, and then we'll do, do Miami. Philadelphia yep. was the second half of that trade. So when Miami traded from three to twelve, they swapped with Philadelphia twelve to six. Eagles add, I believe, the Dolphins' first round pick in twenty twenty two, which by no by no standards is that guaranteed to be a high or a low pick. Uh, your thoughts on what why the Eagles made this move to go down from six to twelve? Yeah, I, I mean it's. I don't really have an answer. I mean, it's tough. I, I was sitting there, you know, when it happened with my dad and we were looking at it and it kind of broke live. And I was like, well, it's, it's interesting. Um, I think the Eagles, there's a lot of controversy, of course, right now over, you know, who is going to be a long-term starter. Uh, apparently the organization is not sold on Jalen Hurts. At least that's what they're saying. Um, I, I don't, I, I think they moved down to 12. In my opinion, I think the Eagles know who they want and I think they moved down to 12 because they understand who they want is still going to be on the board. I'm seeing a lot of rumors about them taking Rashawn Slater, the offensive lineman from Northwestern. I, they want to get an offensive lineman, from what I've heard, to help because that was really the main problem when Carson Wentz was in Philadelphia is not only his inability to stay healthy, but his offensive line, the lack of play there. Um, so I think they're going to go offensive line. And my guess is that they think they can get who they want at 12 also acquiring more picks with Miami. So that's the only thing I can think of, but I, I don't know. I mean, they could make another move late. I don't know, but that's kind of my hypothesis with that one. In the original mock drafts that came out when the Eagles were originally picking at six, they, a lot of the targets were there, other than quarterback in some of them, were wide receivers like Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, Jamar Chase. Waddle and, Ch- or Waddle and Smith will probably be there at 12 based on how things are trending right now. If all five quarterbacks are gone by that point, if Slater is yep. gone, if Sewell is gone, if Kyle Pitts is gone, they're in prime position to get one of the receivers. So that, in that standpoint, the move makes sense if they can still get – because they, the rumor – or the, the report came out late last night that yep. they aren't completely sold on Jalen Hurts. I got that notification where it said that they could be looking to draft a quarterback that – maybe replaces Hurts even though he's only played like four games and hasn't even been that bad in them. Do you think if like Fields gets to twelve or somehow he slips or maybe they can move up from ten to or from twelve to ten or twelve to nine that they could possibly take him? I know they have they have so many yeah. holes in that roster. If I'm personally the Eagles, I wouldn't make that uh trade or I wouldn't make that pick. But you mentioned earlier oh. it's a it's a win now or move on thing. Do you think the Eagles would consider taking one of the quarterbacks if they slip? Yeah, I mean, you know, I've always been a guy who, if I'm a general manager, and not always, but if you have a guy like Justin Fields, who is a projected, you know, maybe top five, top six overall pick, if he drops to 12, I don't see why you wouldn't. I mean, you mentioned it perfectly, Harrison. They have so many holes to fill. Uh, drafting a quarterback is not going to solve 90% of what they need to get solved. But that being said, if you're truly not sold on Jalen Hurts, 
and Fields is still sitting there at 12, why not take a chance? Look, if if Justin Fields gets taken top 10, I, they're not taking another quarterback. I, I think that's the only guy they would reach for at 12 if he was there. I think everybody else is kind of out of their mind. Um, but personally, I mean, I, I see why if he was there at 12, they would take him. But I like what you said. I, I, I'm focusing on the other pieces of my roster that desperately need help. Even when they won the Super Bowl, there were a couple pieces here and that they needed to be fixed, and they just didn't do it. So over time, that roster just kept aggressing. I think right now they're seeing that, and they need to go, you said receiver maybe, offensive line. I don't know. They need to go somewhere else besides quarterback. Do you think I, – I would be more, more against what I'm, what I'm about to say – than urgent taking a quarterback in the first round. If they were to take a quarterback in the second round, like Kellen Mond or Kyle Trask or yep. in the third round, guys like Davis Mills or maybe even Sam Ellinger in the, the fourth round, I would be more against that than taking a guy like Fields or Lance because those I are also high draft picks that, you know, you have a not a great roster. Right now, if I were to predict the teams picking in the top five of the draft, I'd put the Philadelphia Eagles in there. They have a bad roster. And what was the point of taking Jalen Hurts in the second round last year, then, if you're going to take another quarterback in the second or third round? How do you feel if they were to take one of those quarterbacks in those rounds? No, I'm 100% with you. I, I think it's worse to take one there than it is early. I mean, look, a lot of times, I mean, I, I just feel like you build your roster and who you have. A lot of these really, you know, great young talents come second, third, fourth round where you kind of steal them out. And as good as Kellen Mond and Kyle Trask are, and as much as I like those two guys, I'm not sure the system there in Philadelphia suits them well either. I, I've heard a lot of buzz around Kyle Trask to potentially New Orleans, and I think that suits them well. But I, I think the Eagles, if you're – if you're going to invest in a quarterback and you know you need a quarterback right now that you want to win, why not take one in the first round? Finding one in the second, third round, there's good guys left. But I think if you want a long-term investment, a guy who you want to be your starter going forward, there's no point in waiting to the second or third round. Go in the first. That, that's the only way. I like what you said, and I agree with you 100%. I think that in the second third round is worse than first round. Yeah, let's, let's go to Sam Darnold. Actually, no, let's go to the Dolphin side, and then we'll go into Sam Darnold. Miami going from three to, I guess, now six, only having to give up one draft pick. They added a lot of draft capital in that trade with San Francisco just to move down yep. three picks. Who's their guy at six? Is it So if we're running through the top six right now, let's say it goes Lawrence, Wilson. Uh, let's go Mac Jones. Yep. Atlanta's a four is a huge wild card there. And then Cincinnati, yep. I think, will take Chase or Sewell at five. Who yep. are the Dolphins looking for at number six overall? Yeah, I, I, I think, in my opinion, I, I think Devontae Smith's the guy. Um, if he's still on the board, I, first of all, the Falcons, I think the Falcons are going to take Kyle Pitts. I, I think if he's there, um, I don't see why they shouldn't. So I think if Devontae Smith's still sitting there at sixth, um, I think they'll take him. Look, I, I don't think Devontae Smith – I actually think Jalen Waddle is the better of these two. Um, of course, he caught the injury bug. I, I think Devontae Smith's a great receiver. I think Jalen Waddle's a better one. But I think based on this past season – what he did, you know, during his Heisman campaign, just how really unstoppable he was and kind of reuniting him with Tua Tagovailoa. Why not draft Devontae Smith? Uh, he's got all the potential in the world, you know, huge wingspan. He's fast. He's physical. I I think they'll take Devontae Smith. I think he suits him well with that offense. Brian Flores is building something in Miami, and I think this is going to be another piece of the puzzle for them. The People are saying they're going to take Chase over Smith. People think Smith is going to be the guy to fall. Like last year, I think it was, it was Judy was the guy where Ruggs, yep. his teammate, and also Lamb went in front of him. 
people think that's going to be Smith this year I don't, because of his size. People, which I could totally see. Yeah, the the hype is all around Jamar Chase right now, despite not playing football in the year. Also, I, I just want to hop in here and second defend Trey Lance for the weekly segment. Yeah. The weekly defend <laughs> Trey Lance. Why are we not talking about Jamar? If Jamar Chase is going to be rusty about not playing a year of football, I haven't heard that. Uh, narrative. I've only heard the narrative that Trey Lance is going to be rusty after missing a year 100%. of football. I, I, uh, something doesn't add up here. Jamar Chase. I saw someone compare him to the best prospect since Julio Jones, Jeez, but man. but he hasn't played football in a year. But Trey Lance hasn't played football in a year. That doesn't quite make sense. I just had to. That's your weekly. I was having to. Uh, Harrison, I was having to yesterday. I was talking. About, I was having to defend your boy Trey Lance yesterday in a. Uh, conversation i was talking to a guy about trey lance and he was not high i was like well i had to defend him for you man i know how high you are he is a uh, I, I like trey lance i do and i think that's another guy who's very intriguing you know potentially going top 10 this year that's your weekly defend trey lance segment but <laughs> i miami i think will take chase there because i want i think they are in need of more of a physical chase is a yep. awesome receiver he's physical he's fast he's all the tools he ran really i don't know the exact number but his 40 was a lot faster than we thought the size concerns about smith i think should be ignored. I think we're making way too much of it. They could take Kyle Pitts if he's there at six. Kyle Pitts, I could see going anywhere between four and like twelve. I wouldn't be shocked if like anyone Kyle gets him. Pitts, I think Kyle Pitts is probably one of the only, in my opinion, non-bust kind of guys this year in the draft. I mean, he just he had a great season. His pro day was fantastic. His forty time was blew everybody away. That guy's gonna be incredible, dude. He's a beast. I agree. He he's gonna be a lot of fun to watch. Maybe go offense. I, they really addressed their offensive line in last year's draft, and they took Josh Jones. They I got some guys deeper in there. They could take Slater or Sewell, depending yeah. on what Cincinnati. Cincinnati's the big. You talk about how Atlanta's the wild card. Cincinnati will basically determine Miami's pick because we've seen Miami have connections to both Sewell and Chase. Cincinnati was yeah. a drop in front of them. Have had those same conversations. We could possibly see a team move up into that four or five range. Maybe like Washington, New England, Denver, Chicago yep. to go up and get that fourth or fifth quarterback taken. Let's go to Sam Darnold though. This happened last yep. Monday. So oh, this, yeah. is, this is the first show since the Sam Darnold. So we didn't we didn't miss this. Sam Darnold traded from New York Jets to the Carolina Panthers for a what was it a sixth, a second, second and a fourth. Six. Yep. So six this year, second and fourth next year. Pretty good haul. For the Carolina Panthers, not giving up too much to get Sam Darnold, who I have not been very high on since entering the NFL. He was really good. His redshirt freshman year at USC wasn't so great his next year. We kind of ignored the bads and just focused on the goods. The Jets took him as the second quarterback taken in the 2018 NFL draft. Up and down career, more downs and up, seeing ghosts, mono, a lot of interceptions, a lot of pick sixes, a lot of excuses as well. With not a lot of great receivers, yeah. Adam Gase. Now that he's out of the Adam Gase shadow with Matt Rule, with some really good weapons with Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, and they have they lost Curtis Samuel, but they have Dan Arnold and Ian Thomas at tight end. They do have some holes on the offensive line, but they're really building something there in Carolina. They had Teddy Bridgewater. We'll see if they trade him. Will Darnold succeed in Carolina, Garrett? Um. You know, I, I think like a lot of these guys, they get traded and they kind of have a rejuvenation. I think Darnold needs kind of a new, you know, a new environment. I think this is actually benefits him more than anybody else. And furthermore, you know, I'm like you. I've never been super high on Sam Darnold. I feel like he's still at a young age, though, where he can come in and kind of show what he was supposed to be when he got drafted by the Jets. Um, and furthermore, 
Carolina won this trade big time. If I'm, despite him not being this great young talent everybody thought he'd be, if I'm New York, I'm demanding at least a first-round pick. I, I don't care what year it is. I'm wanting to get at least a first-round pick out of my quarterback I took first overall a few short years ago. So I, I think will he succeed is – I think he is coming to a really good organization. Of course, Joe Brady uh, is the offensive coordinator. He was a passing game coordinator at LSU in that special season with Joe Burrow. So he knows how to kind of groom these young quarterbacks. Um, so I think he – is going to be an upgrade in Carolina. I think he's going to be better in Carolina than he was in New York. It's hard to be worse. Um, So I think kind of that new scenery is going to help him. And I do think he's going to be better. I think it's going to be better for Carolina and better for Sam Darnold. My question is if it'll win games for Carolina because Sam Darnold hasn't proven he can win games in his career. I think he's only won like 14 games in three years, 15 games. It's it's not a high yeah, number. Not it's not much. a number that no. Jets fans are going to write home about now that they have probably no. Zach Wilson coming to town. They didn't get huge. They so when they moved up to get Sam Darnold, they had the sixth pick. The Colts had the third pick. They gave the Colts yep. a first and like three second round picks to for the Colts to move back and get the best guard in the National Football League, Quinn Nelson. And the Jets moved yep. up to get Sam Darnold, who they gave up on after three seasons, only to get. One second round back, which is absolutely crazy how the Colts finessed them in that trade. I wonder what's oh, gonna happen. I wonder what's gonna happen now with Teddy Bridgewater because I think Bridgewater is a could be a starting quarterback in the NFL. He hasn't Agreed. been the same since really his first couple years in Minnesota after he had the devastating leg injury in training camp that really derailed the rest of his career. Went to New Orleans, won a couple of games there when Drew Brees was hurt. Signed the deal with Carolina. Had a pretty disappointing last season. They were really never committed to him. Even the owners, coaches, general managers never really publicly said that they he was their guy. Now I'm wondering yep. if he's going to get traded. And I think the perfect spot, Garrett, would be your Washington football team. I think he would yeah, be a great, a great quarterback to compete with Fitzpatrick and Taylor Heineke. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, look, Washington is kind of in that mode where they sign Ryan Fitzpatrick, but they're still looking for another young option. Um, whether it's draft or trade, you know, free agency to come in and kind of compete with Fitzpatrick and maybe be a guy, you know, a long-term guy for the next few years going forward. Um, and I think it'd be a great member. I think it'd make total sense. Of course, you know, what Ron Rivera has done there in Washington has been fantastic, and he likes the mobile quarterbacks. He likes the guy who can run around. I mean, for example, he coached Cam Newton in Carolina. He loves that mobile dual threat option, and that's exactly what Teddy Bridgewater brings to the table. You know, And I think it makes total sense. I just don't know if they're going to give him up this year, because I feel like despite them being all this hype around bringing Sam Darnold in, I almost think he's kind of on a short leash. They kind of want to see what he's going to do in this first season. And if it gets to a point this year where he is just the same Sam Darnold, they haven't turned him around. They're going to want a guy like Teddy Bridgewater to come in, back him up and take the reins because we know Teddy Bridgewater can still play at a high level. So I think it's more of, Will Bridgewater, you know, like like you said earlier in the show, demand a trade out, or will he sit behind Darnold? We'll have to see. I don't know. I don't think Bridgewater would want to be the backup of that team. He just signed that big, I think it was a three-year, $58 million deal going to yeah. last season. It's it's. I would, would be surprised if he was their quarterback. I think he, he should get traded to New Orleans. I think New Orleans should make a deal for him. Oh, he was awesome. really successful awesome. there. I don't know what the Saints would have to give up. Probably um fourth i would say what what would the asking price be for bridgewater if new orleans wanted him because yeah, i think that's I'd a perfect say, fit 
I'd say, yeah, like a third or a fourth round would be kind of a – maybe like a – I don't know, maybe like a fourth and a fifth or something, kind of two, you know, late-round picks. Because, I mean, Bridgewater's not a first, second-round talent. No. He's good, but he's not a first, second-round worth pick. It's it's going to be interesting to see because the Saints, they already – they have Taysom Hill to that really – they gave him that huge contract, but, like, none of the money's real, which – I still don't understand. They re-signed Jameis to a one-year deal. People think they could take Kyle Trask or someone like Davis Mills in the or Kellen Mond yeah. on day two. Why not bring in Bridgewater, who knows the system? He's been there. He's won games there before. I think he went 6-0 in 2019. I would make that move, and I would maybe see if he can move on from Jameis or, and then keep Taysom or keep Jameis as the backup and keep Taysom Hill in his role. Do you think that would give the Saints yeah. a better chance to win games next season? Because I don't think the Saints are going to be very good at all next year. No, and I mean, I, you and I both agree. The Taysom Hill contract was ridiculous. Um, he is a great role player, and he does a good job coming in, throwing defenses off, and you know, run the Wildcat well, some option plays. But he's not a starting quarterback. And when we saw him in times last year playing starting quarterback, the offense was stagnant. They weren't moving the ball. Um, so the Taysom Hill contract made no sense. And, I mean, Jameis Winston, look, that, that guy's, you know, we've seen him throwing 5,000-plus yards and 30 touchdowns, but then he throws 30 interceptions too. So it's his decision-making that gets him. So I think the Bridgewater move would make total sense. I It would instantly make them five times better than what they are right now because I agree with Harrison. They're not going to be very good next year, I don't think. Uh, they are – you know, they lost more than they gained this offseason, so I think the Bridgewater move would make sense if they end up going through with it. Now the Jets are picking a number two. It appears they're going to take Zach Wilson. That's all of the reports. Why should I believe that Zach Wilson is going to be really successful in New York? Because Sam Darnold wasn't. Sam Darnold had all the hype Zach Wilson did coming out of school. Yep. And that, that, Jets, that Jets quarterback room is... It, you go quarterbacks go there to basically have their career end. No one's really worked there, especially the young guys. Why should I believe that Zach Wilson will be? I know you've been kind of high on Zach Wilson throughout the season. Do you yep. think he's going to succeed there? Because now that that's really looking like the pick. Well, and you know, the argument always with these drafts is you just don't know where you know how successful these kids are going to be. And I think Zach Wilson is in a sense an eight ball. Uh, this is really the only year we got to see him play was this weird COVID year against opponents that, you know, might not have been that great. I mean, I, I think you can compare kind of their schedule a little bit to what him and Trey Lance have both done. The argument with both of those guys is have we seen enough to make them first-round picks? And I'd say, first of all, for both of them, yes. But for Zach Wilson, it's not as much kind of, you know, I don't look at the opponents he's played. I look at the way he's won and the way he's played against his teams. Of course, Coastal Carolina was kind of the eight ball game. That was the one or the odd ball that he kind of, you know, it did not look great. I mean, he still threw for over 200 yards, didn't play as well. Um, I, I just think Zach Wilson, what I like about Zach Wilson is he's a, he's a fighter. I like he's a warrior. He is, you know, come back from injuries time and time again to play uh, as a starting quarterback. Um, his ball is beautiful. Uh, he's got, a good arm. He's accurate. He's really good on the move. But there are some things we worry about. And, I, of course, experience is one. Uh, size is one. He's not very big. He's, he's fairly short. He's not stocky. Um, so a, a few of those things would kind of worry you going in. But, you know, the NFL draft is so much right now kind of a hype game. And if there's a guy getting hype, they're – Gonna take him early. I relate this to Jadavion Clowney years and years ago. Yeah. Might go down as the worst first overall pick ever. This guy 
was good at South Carolina. He made one big hit in a bowl game, and all of a sudden, everybody exploded about this guy. He was going to be the next big thing, and look at him now. He's sitting with the Titans, had no sacks last year. So I, I think Zach Wilson, I am high on him. I, I'm excited to see what he can do, but there are definitely a couple of those things you got to watch. But with, with every player, there's some concerns. I think Zach Wilson does have a couple of those as well. I agree with that. And let's let's take that to the break. Coming up after the break, we're going to talk a little more about the draft before our big draft preview next week. And also, this past spring break, in the last couple of weeks, college football 2021 over-unders come out. We'll touch a little bit on those. This is Start Your Sunday, KCOU 88.1 FM. And apologies if it gets a little uncomfortable, but how does it feel to be at the mercy of someone who thinks a random text is more important than your life? Someone who takes their eyes off the road while speeding along in a three-ton hunk of steel. Freaky, right? Well, why not just ask them to stop? Or better yet, volunteer to text for them. It might be a little awkward, but believe me, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Saturday in Columbia is KCOU Sports Saturday. Tune in right here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia for all-day sports talk starting at 9 a.m. Cap off your sports Saturday with coverage of Mizzou football from the student voice of the Missouri Tigers. Don't just Saturday, KCOU Sports Saturday. Now that I've gotten on the internet, I'd rather be on my computer than doing just about anything. It's really cool. The internet gave us a whole world of exciting new possibilities. So I guess this is a story of how it changed our lives. Changed our lives. Change your life. Change the way you do the internet. Go like KCOU on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at KCOU and on Instagram at KCOU881. Stay up to date on the latest online content, events, giveaways, and more. You may be right. I think we're being followed now. Don't look. Just play cool. So what are you waiting for, young keyboard warrior? The wonderful world of KCOU is just one click away. My part-time service in the Army National Guard makes it possible for me to be more for the community I call home. My training helps me at work when I lead by example. My service in the Army National Guard allows me to keep my community and those I care about safe from threats. Learn more about how you too can live and serve part-time close to home by visiting NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Missouri Army National Guard. Aired by the Missouri Broadcasters Association and this station. Look at me, busy as a bee. Where'd I get all this energy? Oh, man, mm, man. I don't sleep and I don't eat, but I've got the cleanest house on the street. Oh, man, mm, man. Get these hairs all out of my face. Get these bugs all out of my place. One more hit. No time to waste. Oh, man, mm, man. Hi, I'm Josh Bohm. I had the Josh Bohm Radio Fun Time program on KCOU from 2012 to 2016. And I'm here to tell you to support KCOU. You'll make an old man in his 20s very happy. KCOU 88.1. 
Tips to start your Sunday. Welcome back, Harrison Vatnick, alongside Garrett Holt Bay from his home down in Nashville. Happy Sunday to you. Sunday, April 11th. You can listen right now on KCOU.FM, our website. Coverage of Mizzou LSU softball right now. I think they're tied right now. Last time I checked the score. Doubleheader today. I'll be on the call for game number two. Starting at first pitch at 1 p.m. Central Time. Check out that game down. Mizzou Softball, one of the best teams in the country so far. So after the show, check out the stream of Game 1 and then listen over for Game 2. Joined by Garrett Pave. Garrett, how are you doing today? Oh, doing good, Harrison. Like I said, always good to be on here, man. It's uh, an exciting past couple of weeks of NFL uh, action-free agency, of course coming up to the draft. And I think you and I both are excited for that draft and ready for it to be here. I, I am so excited for the draft. I don't know if I was excited as last year because last year we had really <laughs> nothing going on in sports at all. It was just a countdown to the draft. But, hey, we are yeah. we're under three weeks away. We have, after this, two more shows. Next week will be, I guess, our big draft preview. We'll just go through a lot of the prospects, do NFL comps, talk about ceilings, floors. Then, I guess, the Sunday after, which will be the 25th of April, I guess there and then we're going to do our mock draft. We're going to run through it four days before the draft. We're going to go pick by pick, do some analysis. I don't know. We're going to need the full hour for that to go deep and talking about. That's going to be a fun, exciting show. Let's talk a little more, a little sneak peek of what we're going to talk about next week of the draft with our preview. I wanted one player I wanted to talk about was Kyle Pitts. I knew you mentioned him a little bit on the, in the segment earlier, how he could be generational talent. One of the best tight ends we've ever seen. We haven't seen a top, a five tight end go or a tight end go in the top five. And I think, in, I think Peter Schrager said 50 years, 60 years. It's been a crazy amount of time. A team that we had rumored to trade up and get Kyle Pitts, the Dallas Cowboys. Yep. Your thoughts on possibly something like that happening? Well, I just think, first of all, Kyle Pitts, you know, you mentioned the word generational talent, and I agree with you. I, th- I think this guy, you know, this past season, 770 yards, 12 touchdowns, didn't even play in three games, and his pro date. Uh, numbers were absolutely unbelievable. 4.44, 40-yard dash, 22 reps in bench press, a 33-and-a-half-inch vertical. Uh, Kyle Pitts has helped his draft stock significantly with the pro day. It's not like it wasn't already high. That just, once again, kind of reinforced the idea that he is a top-five pick. Adam Schefter had said he's one of the top three best players in the entire draft. Um, So uh, Kyle Pitts, what's so dangerous about him is you can line him up on the outside in the slot, you can line him, you know, on a three-point stance and tight end spot. He can really play anywhere in the field and be a giant threat. And if Dallas makes the move to draft Kyle Pitts, uh, that'd be unbelievable. They've already got this three-headed monster, Michael Gallup, C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper. Can you imagine filling in a fourth piece with Kyle Pitts where you probably spread all those four guys out? Uh, that'd be lethal. And not to mention Dak Prescott, at quarterback. That would – that's it's a scary thought for me as a Washington football team fan because those three are already hard enough to cover and throwing in Kyle Pitts in the mix. I don't care who you line up with Kyle Pitts. He's a matchup nightmare all over the field, and that would only strengthen Dallas's receiving court that much better. I think they have bigger needs, though, than to trade up and get Kyle Pitts. They, I agree. They have one of the worst defenses in the league. They really need to upgrade a linebacker, They really or in, outside linebacker to pass rushers, what I mean, defensive end. Defensive back, there's a lot of good ones. We'll talk about defensive backs in a second, but I think it would be hyper-aggressive to trade up and get Kyle Pitts, like what they did last year with C.D. Lamb. They were locked in on... Kelvon Chason from LSU, or from, yeah, from LSU, yep. and said the Falcons got him. 
and the Cowboys went out and took C.D. Lamb when they probably should have taken Chasen because Chasen went in two picks afterwards. I think that if I'm Dallas, I know Kyle Pitts is the sexy pick. That's what they want to do, but they yep. need they need to work on that defense. They they have all the weapons there on the offensive side. They need to help on the defensive side of the football. And see, I agree. I agree with you. I, I think you know. It'd be, of course, as a Cowboys fan, it'd be all cool to see that you got four of you know these really talented receivers. And I, I think if he's, you know, if if he's sitting there on the, if he, okay, if he is sitting there at number ten, it's hard to turn that down. But I agree with you. I think a guy like Patrick Sertain at cornerback is a is a good viable option uh, to fill some defensive holes for the Cowboys because it doesn't matter how many offensive weapons you bring in. If you can't stop somebody on offense, when you're on, when you're on defense, if you can't stop somebody, which is what the Cowboys couldn't do last year, you're not going to win games. And so I agree with you. I think, it, of course, if it'd be it'd be cool at all. You got four great players, but I'm with you 100. You got more holes you you need to fill before going the route of Kyle Pitts. One of the biggest X, fact, X factor positions in the NFL draft, I think, the highest outside of quarterback, obviously, is defensive backs, corners. There are three really good ones, and there's some good ba- or secondary yeah. corners. It's, it's, it's a pretty – it's a pretty. I mean, I think you agree. It's a pretty uh, shallow class. There's, you know, like I said, three really good guys, and besides that, it's a bunch of you know good guys, I'd say. Yeah, but the thing at the top, no one knows where to put these guys. Everyone has a different one, two, three between Sertain, Caleb Farley, and J.C. Horn, Sertain out of Alabama – Caleb Farley from Virginia Tech, J.C. Horn from South Carolina, and then the guys after that are Greg Newsom, Asante Samuel, Kelvin Joseph. How would you rank the top three? Where do you have those guys ranked in certain yeah, Farley Horn? I would go. This is a tough one. I, I would go personally. Uh, I've watched a lot of J.C. Horn. I'd put him at one. I think his ball skills are pretty fantastic. Um, I'd put Sertain at two and Farley at three. Um, I think here's the challenge, though. You said it well, Harrison. Uh, these three are very interchangeable. I think either one of them could go before the other at any given moment. I don't think it really matters. It's, it's strictly which defensive, you know, which of these guys suits the certain system of the team that picks them. I think these guys can go really anywhere. But I do think, I think J.C. Horn, I think his ball skills, seriously, are absolutely fantastic. And that's why I like him at one. Uh, Sertain is just a really good all-around, and the same with Caleb Farley. So uh, that's the top three for me, but it's just very close. It's hard to, you know, just dissect those three and say who is a definite number one. I'm going to run through a couple of the best corners in the NFL. You're going to tell me what they all have in common. Yep. Stephon Gilmore, Trey White, Jair Alexander, Marshawn Lattimore, and yeah, those are the, those are the four. What do they all have in common? What do they all have four in common? They're all taken in the first round of the NFL draft. Some teams yeah, are not high on taking corners in the the first you know, with a premier pick. Yep. This it pays off. The I yep, can't. I know there's a fifth. It just the guy just left my mind. Four of the best corners in the league, probably the top four corners, all went in the first round. You need yep. to use these premier picks on defensive backs. You well, especially because you know there's not, there's not many this year. Take advantage while they're on the board. I think going with Sertain or Farley, I, I personally have Sertain, Farley, Sertain, Horn, Farley. I think Sertain is awesome. I, I've been watching some of him since, you know, he's in high school playing down in South Florida. He has been the best mm-hmm. player on the, every field he's been on probably since he was a kid. His father, I think, played football for the Miami Dolphins, Patrick Sertain Sr. I think 
once he hits the NFL, I think he'll be a lockdown corner. I think he's better than the prospect Jeff Okuda was last year. Jeff Okuda was number three overall pick in the draft. I think Sertain yep. is going to really make a defense good. I think Dallas has to make that pick at number, what is it, 10 overall. Yeah, it's an overall. It's almost a no-brainer. I mean, if he's still sitting there, because uh, that's one of the biggest holes that Dallas needs to fill is not only a uh, defensive line. They're not bad. They're not great. Uh, but I think definitely that secondary is a point. They did acquire Keanu Neal from uh, Atlanta, which yep. is a good kind of fill-in for, safe, for a safety spot. But uh, that cornerback spot is definitely lacking. Denver also could possibly take one of those corners. They were right ahead of Dallas at nine. They lost A.J. Boye this offseason. Uh, Chris Harris left a couple of years ago. That's probably one of their weaknesses on their team. They could go with him. Uh, the Chargers picking at 13, 14. They should yeah, probably 13. go. They should probably go with Farley or Horn because they they need they have a whole corner. They have a really good roster. Couple pieces away yeah. from possibly contending for the postseason. Uh, any other teams after those two you could think that could add a corner? I mean, I, I'm looking right now. I think I, look. I think I think a team could always use another great cornerback. I'm going to be honest with you. Cornerbacks are. Hard to keep, um, as we've seen. They're, they're a lot of them are injury prone. Not all, but a lot of them are injury prone. I mean, the Titans are dealing with it right now, where you know Malcolm Butler he got, he got cut, and so did Dory Jackson. So now the Titans are looking to bring in a guy in the secondary. So I could see them potentially because they got Bud Dupree, so they have a pass rusher now. They I'm hearing a lot of news that they are moving on from the pass rusher in the first round, unless somebody that is just unbelievable still on the board. Um, I mean, I could see you know I don't know Titans late. There's a lot of teams. Well, the Titans. Let, let, let's do a quick Titans run. The Titans have a few positional needs. They who's yes. who's their number two receiver on the depth chart right now? Dude, it's Josh Reynolds. They brought him. Oh, in okay, that's, that's a decent. I forgot about. That. I didn't see that. That's a decent signing. Yeah, I don't know about number yeah, two receiver, but. Well, that, that, that's the problem, though, right now is, of course, Josh Reynolds is a guy last season who had 500-something yards and six touchdowns. Uh, it Look, it's A.J. Brown and everybody else in that roster. I'm hearing a lot of noise around Kadarius Toney about him potentially going to Tennessee like in the first that. round. Um, I, I think what they're waiting on right now is, of course, they signed Bud Dupree, which I don't think is going to solve all your pass rushing issues. I think they still – are going to go maybe second, third round at a late pass rusher. Um, and the cornerback position is still something they're looking at. But I do think right now what John Robinson wants to do is build around Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry. He understands that these 2,000-yard seasons are not going to be a normalcy unless, you know, maybe they will be. But 2,000 yards for Derrick Henry each season is a tough task, and they need guys on the outside to really complement that. And you and I have seen Kadarius Tony play firsthand – this guy's electric, and he's got great ball skills. He's fast. So I think Tony to Tennessee would make a lot of sense, but it's just who's sitting on the board at the right time is kind of what's going to happen with the Titans. Who are the Titans' corners? Because I know they lost Jackson to the Giants this offseason. Malcolm Butler is now on the Cardinals. Uh, Desmond King, who they traded for, I think he went to the Texans, I'm pretty sure. The Texans, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Who do they have back there? Yeah, it's – well – uh, they've got a uh, what's his Janoris Jenkins is okay. there. They got him in a trade. He's not terrible. Uh, Christian Folden, he's a rookie. He's from LSU. Yep, he was last year's second, second round pick. pick. He's he's been hurt though. I mean, he's just not coming off the IR playing this year. But that's it. I mean, you look at the backups: Kevin Johnson, Breon Borders. Uh, nobody that really strikes your name. The safety position is uh, better, I'd say, with Kevin Byard and Armani Hooker. But uh, it, you've got two solid starters. But the problem is always 
those guys don't stay healthy. I mean, Fulton wasn't healthy all last year. Same thing with Janoris Jenkins. He tore his ACL a couple of years ago. So these guys haven't stayed healthy, and the guys behind them are not exactly what you would call fantastic backup or starting cornerbacks. So I could see the Titans making a move, maybe third, second, third round. They're not going to go quarterback first round. They're not. I, they are going to go. It's going to be receiver or an edge rusher in the first round. But I think cornerback maybe you know mid draft. Yeah, that that's basically a little sneak peek to what next week will look like. A big draft preview. We'll talk about all our favorite prospects and stuff. Should be a fun show. Let's before we wrap up, a uh, quick. Cultural over-unders came out a couple weeks ago for next season. Let's run through a couple of them that I like. Do you know who has the highest one at 11 and a half? Do you want to take a guess? Uh, Georgia? It's Oklahoma. Oklahoma team. Oklahoma. We talked about a lot at the end of last year. We, we, we both no really like them for this season. They are over-unders 11 and a half. They're slated to play 12 games. They have a very easy non-conference schedule. They have a favorable Big 12 schedule as usual. Over-under 11 and a half right now for Oklahoma. Looking ahead four months from now. Jeez, I, I mean, look, Oklahoma, I, I understand it. Uh, of course, Spencer Radler going to be entering his second real starting season, and that offense is loaded. Uh, they're not losing much in terms of production. I think Ramondre Stevenson is the only real weapon they're losing in the running game. But that defense, too, really turned it on late last year. Alex Grinch seems like he's figuring the defensive system out and the guys are buying into it. So. I get it. And you mentioned it. That that non-conference, look at the non-conference. Tulane, Western Carolina, Nebraska, and I believe that's it. Yes, that's, that's it. That's so right. That is, not, that is not what you would call a difficult non-conference schedule. So, I, you know what? I get it. I, I get why they're sitting there. Next team. There are two teams with the over-under of 11. Do you know who those two teams are? Is one of them Georgia? Georgia's a 10 and a half. What? Okay, so is how about Alabama? It's Alabama. Uh, Clemson? Alabama and Ohio State both sitting at 11. No So kidding. they think they have those teams right at one loss for the season. Here's Alabama's schedule for next season. So they're opening up playing Miami in Atlanta. They have Mercer. Yep. They're going to Florida to take on the Gators. They have Southern Miss, Ole Miss, Texas A&M, Mississippi State, Tennessee, LSU, New Mexico State, Arkansas, and then the Iron Bowl against Auburn. Is there any reason to believe Alabama's losing a lot of their top guys? Uh, they lost yeah. uh, Smith, Chase, Waddle. Or they didn't have Chase. Jones, uh, Pratt Firemuth. Uh, they have uh, a lot of holes on that team. Uh, any reason to believe Alabama is not going to go undefeated next season? You know, actually, yes. And I, I'm glad you brought this up because I don't know why. But this next year's team on paper does not scare me like they did this past season. I, I think it all starts with, Bryce Young, who is was a fantastic quarterback at high school. He's probably going to be a fantastic quarterback at Alabama. But we haven't seen what this guy's all about yet. Even in Tua's freshman season, we got to see him really perform well. We haven't seen that from Bryce Young. And we haven't I, again, seen Bryce I think Young at all. Be, no, and I think he is going to be a good quarterback. But with a whole new set of receivers, with a almost whole new offensive line, defensively, you lose Dylan Moses, Patrick Sertain, all these guys all over the field. It's going to be tougher. And I, I think there's still going to be a 10, 11 wing kind of team. But I'm not but I'm not sold on this undefeated season again. I don't, I'm not sold. I think they are going to – I think somebody is going to stump them. I think A&M is a very potential option. Yep. Jimbo Fisher is building something well down there in College Station. So 
I can I see them as like one or two loss teams next year. I do. A team I'm not told on is Clemson. I I'm telling you right now, Clemson will not be in the 2022. Yeah, the 20 Clemson will not be in the 2022 college football playoff. I am saying that right here, right now. I DJ Ugogle, he was really good yep. in his two starts, except the fact he went one and one, barely beat Boston College and lost to Notre Dame. Yep. When it comes down to in that program is winning games. He won one of his two games. The expectation well, in Clemson you know, is to go two and zero. You know who they start with too, right? They have Georgia in week one in Charlotte. Yep. Georgia is yep, the dogs. Georgia's winning that game. I, I will go on and say it on the record on April 11th. I will be picking Georgia to win that game. Yep, me too. I, I think Georgia is uh, far and through on paper, too, the better team. And Clemson, you're right. Uh, DJ Unglele is, you know, like you said, he had two good starts and went one and one and, you know, barely escaped that Boston College. And I, furthermore, too, I, defensively, this Clemson team just does not scare me like they have with guys like Christian Wilkins. On they the didn't outside. scare me last year. Come- no, no, and, and that's why they caught Ohio State at the wrong time. Defensively, they couldn't stop Ohio State. And what what tells me they're going to be able to stop Georgia this year, right? I mean, now, Grant, that's the only really tough opponent they have, but nothing tells me that this team is going to be able to stop them, and I'm, I'm with you, Harrison. I, this will not be a playoff team come next year. They, L- Lynn J. Dixon, he's their starting running back. They also have a five-star freshman, Will Shipley. Justin yep. Ross could be returning for them. We don't know if he's coming back next season. Their other receivers, Frank Ladson, Joseph Nada, EJ Williams. Uh, they have they're losing offensive linemen. Their defense wasn't great last year. Uh, it's I'm I don't I'm taking the over under is ten and a half, which means two losses. Their schedule they have Georgia Week One. That's I think they're going to lose that game. They have South Carolina State, Georgia Tech at NC State, Boston College, who is supposed to be a good team next year. Their over under is eight and a half. Yep. That game's at home in early October, and you know how the the way to be Clemson, get them early. That's that's been the recipe for the last few years. Then they have Syracuse, True Pitt, that. Florida State, Louisville, UConn, Wake Forest, South Carolina. It should be interesting to see Clemson. We'll touch on one more team, Missouri. Over under, I gotta find it. Because <laughs> uh, it's not it's not at the top. I'll tell you that. I uh, do uh, not doubt it's, that. It's a six and a half. Six and a half. They, there are some doubts about this team going into I next season. I am gonna. I'm going to say it. I'm going to take the over. I, I think this team wins more than six and a half, wins more than six games. Uh, we sat here very much on our canvas last year and watched this team who many predicted to go one and nine, two and eight, go five and five, including a gigantic victory over the defending national champion, LSU Tigers. Um, I, I mean, I'm sure you're looking at too the schedule for us, central Michigan, Kentucky, uh, Southeastern Missouri, Boston college, Tennessee, North Texas, Texas A&M, Vanderbilt, Georgia, South Carolina, Florida, Arkansas. Um, I think this is a 7-8 win team. I, I hope do. so. I, I think, I think the, you know, of course, Texas A&M, that's tough. Boston College, Georgia, and Florida. I think those Florida, are the four toughest dude, games. Florida, I don't think Florida's going to be very good next year. Neither does them. They, 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 I don't, they will. Florida's over nerds. I think I, it's like eight. I think, well, here's what I'll say. I think we have a very good chance to beat Florida. They're always a tough opponent just because naturally with, you know, the way they are, but I agree with you. No, I agree with that. I, I think they're tough, but they're not. They don't scare me like they have last year with Kyle Trask. This is not the same Florida team. In fact, I think we have a good chance to beat Florida at home next year, one hundred percent. And they, we saw what they looked like without all their receivers. 
They oh, they did, they looked awful against Oklahoma. Oklahoma was singing yeah. after the game on them. I forgot what, a, what the situation was there, but Florida was taunting. Oklahoma was taunting them. They did not look like that oh, team. We'll good. see what Emory Jones looks like if he is their starting quarterback next season. That's it for college football over-unders. We'll have much more preview coming up in late August, so stay tuned for that. Uh, this has been Start Your Sunday, KCIU 88.1. Garrett, anything to plug? No, man, I appreciate you bringing me on, Harrison. Like I said, it's a, uh, been an eventful past couple of weeks, and I know all of our uh, football fans out there are excited for the NFL draft coming up. We've got all your coverage here and super excited to be doing it. Yep, full draft preview next week. Draft-